What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to a new podcast uh, that I just had in my head. I was like, I, I know a couple wrestling fans like myself. Uh, I listen to a lot of wrestling podcasts, and I was like, what What the fuck? What, why not start my own, you know, and, and bring on two of my good friends who, who really enjoy wrestling as much as I do, if not even more than I do. Um, this is the Planet Wrestling Podcast uh, yes, we got our name off of a name generator, <laughs> so don't, you know, we're, we're just rolling with it, you know, yeah, just going with don't it. Don't judge us. Don't, don't judge us. No, don't, don't judge us. <laughs> uh, I'm your host, Anthony. I actually host, uh, a, a channel called the Knights of Horror and a gaming channel called Mad Slash Era. Uh, you can find me on those. With me is, uh, two very special, uh, Friends in my life who, who I always talk about wrestling, always talk about anything pretty much. Uh, first off is, his name is Rob Estrada. He is the host of a channel called The Howling Hour. He also works with me on the Knights of Horror. And he's also a part of the Boo Bros. Same thing with me, part of Boo Bros. Um, and also just a big wrestling fan. <laughs> yep, that's me. That's that is it. Me. That's him, man. Uh, and also with us, someone that uh, we... Got to know with the Knights of Horror, um, someone who has been working at Queen Mary's Dark Harbor for, for many years now, uh, one of our good friends. His name is Jan. We call him Rampage. So, I mean, Rampage already has a wrestling name, so it's like, <laughs> you know? So it's like, I, I, you know, Rampage already has, I mean, he, he, we're going to be referring to him a lot as Rampage, at least me. Um, I always call him that um, by his haunt nickname but he is a, a massive wrestling fan as well i think these two are probably more wrestling bigger wrestling fans than i am they're they're more into the indie stuff and I, i'm just still getting well known into the indie stuff the most indie i think i watch and it's not even indie it's mainstream now is aew but um i'm, I'm slowly getting into it uh and i'm, I'm really excited guys so <laughs> yeah, it's 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 starting to become mainstream now though aew and i'm i'm kind of glad that there's other I think that AEW was kind of like that path to open up the world of indie wrestling. Yeah. Um, because they brought over a lot of the guys that were in Japan that were in the indies just, you know, doing stuff that were really talented. And they shot, they you know, they showed them off in the spotlight and now they're becoming household names. Um, but basically for, for starters, I mean, just because just we're, you know, we're brand new to the show, we're going to be talking about WWE and AEW for now. Eventually, down the line, as we get more comfortable later down episodes, we'll add more companies like uh, Ring of Honor, um, Impact, New Japan. There's probably a lot more, but those are just some of the indie ones that I know of, of course. But there's there's a lot more we'll probably talk about. But, I mean, I know for starters, next week, uh, Rob and I will be attending, and, and maybe Rampage, we're going to be attending an indie show out here in Los Angeles. Um, and we're really just going because we haven't seen a wrestling show in freaking over a year. So Yeah. It's going to be a fun time. Uh, we'll, we'll, so we'll talk a little bit about that next week on next week's episode. But this week, we're breaking down all things WWE, AEW. WWE is heavily setting up a lot of storyline for uh, Raw and SmackDown for Hell in a Cell and NXT for In Your House. And AEW just had a pay-per-view uh, last Sunday, uh, AEW's Double or Nothing, which it, it's kind of safe to say that that's essentially almost like their WrestleMania in a way, huh? I mean, it kind yeah. of feels that way. Like, well, it's definitely it's definitely one of their big ones. Yeah, I don't know if that that or uh, all in maybe all in yeah, yeah. all in yeah yeah. I I, I feel like uh, the the double or nothing 
Uh, I mean, if we're going to just compare as far as like, you know, mainstream WWE, I feel like the double or nothing might be more closer to like a, uh, a SummerSlam or even a, a Royal Rumble is that, you know, kind of the second kind of event right. whereas i think i think the all-in is is that's what they kind of like launched with and that's the right. big that, that was like the one that everyone was waiting for so i think all-in is probably more of the wrestlemania um event of aew where where uh, uh double or nothing is still a very popular event but i think it's probably second right yeah i i agree because uh double or nothing obviously you know they do their uh their casino battle royale which i think is a great idea for a thing, but they do their battle royales a little bit different than WWE does. I mean, they bring in groups of guys at a time, whereas yeah. like, as like WWE just brings in one at a time, right. they'll bring in like four or five guys at a time. And it's just basically around a lottery system. All right. Number so-and-so is coming out and within number so-and-so is this person, this person, that person. Um, and it's just been, it, it's been really fun to see this company. It's going on. It, it's about a year and a half about a year and some months going on now or That's almost, almost two, two years. years, huh? Two years now. I think, I think in October, October, it'll be two years. No, two years. I think, yeah, yeah I think yeah. you're right. Uh, AEW dynamite. Um, and then ironically a new show, August 13th, 2021 on my birthday. Uh, so I'm like, so I'm excited for that. <laughs> AEW rampage, uh, rampage. <laughs> it's like, it looked like they, they took your name, man. Oh no. It's, I was like, Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so, uh, like I said, in this show, we're going to be talking about all things wrestling. Uh, we'll break down WWE's Monday Night Raw, NXT, and Friday Night SmackDown, as well as AEW's uh, uh, Dynamite show. Right now it's on Fridays, which I think it's due to the basketball that's going yeah, on right now. I think so the NBA, NBA playoffs. Yeah, playoffs. So they moved to Friday nights just to, to kind of keep the show going. But it's also a great promotion to kind of hype up their new Friday night show. Uh, which is going to be Rampage. So it's it's a good kind of – it works both ways. Um, but let's just jump right into it, man. What a week we've had of wrestling. Uh, you know, there's there's been so much that's been going on with both sides of the companies, and, and I'm excited to, to just get into it, man, because a lot to talk about. For, first, for starters, let's talk about WWE, man. Uh, this was also kind of a depressing week for, for some WWE fans. Six superstars got let go. Six big names got let go, that is, too. Um, Braun Strowman was a huge name. Obviously, he was um, main event for a long time. I don't know what it was. They never pushed him for a title, but he never got a title opportunity as far as, like, an actual run for a championship, as far as, like, the WWE Championship, the Universal Championship, which pissed me off. Well, it's it's so confusing because he fits everything that, Everybody says Vince McMahon is all about the big guy. He could talk. He could, I mean, he was new to work, you know, working relatively new, but you know, he was steadily improving. So he was actually like enjoyable to watch and he had charisma like crazy. Yeah. But I, from what I heard was what I've been reading up was that his contract was like a million dollars a year. Wow that he had renegotiated, but he didn't renegotiate a uh, no cut clause like most do. Yeah. Okay. So when they had to cut costs, Braun was out. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was a, that was a kind of a, that one kind of hurt a little bit. And I'm, I'm hoping that he ends up everybody. The biggest joke obviously is anyone that leaves from WWE goes straight to AEW. 
and and it's and it's actually been most of the time about 75% of the time true uh and we'll get to that later on cuz someone actually did debut this past week uh mm-hmm. a really good superstar in my opinion a uh, really good wrestler um and I just think they just showcase his talent enough but um Ruby Riot also was let go obviously uh leader of the Riot squad uh yeah, they, the they did Riot do a squad. a comeback with Liv Morgan for a little bit, and that was going. I thought that was going good as far as storyline goes. They were getting opportunities. They were getting into a lot of the women's division matches, a lot of women's division tag team matches. So, uh, I mean, that that one kind of hurt. Alistair Black. Now that was a hard one. Oh, um, that one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Alistair Black is such a talented wrestler. Like I, I remember when I first seen him in NXT, I was like, I like this guy. I love, I love his whole his whole gimmick, his persona. Um, and just how athletic the guy is, and and to see him leave. I mean, we know we knew this was maybe coming too, though, because months earlier they let go of um, what's her name, Zelina Vega. Well, that's where it gets weird, because from what I was hearing, you know, I was reading on all the my newsletters and everything that I read to catch up on the shit that I don't watch. Right. <laughs> um, they had brought her back in. Like not officially, but like they were kind of testing like she was backstage or at the performance center or something. Right. So it's extra weird, too, because they just spent like all this time and all this money hyping up for the last like two months or something or like four, four or six weeks. His new his new gimmick, his new like the dark father. Right. Thing. And then to just cut him after spending all that. I don't. It's not like it came from heat either. That's the crazy thing. Exactly. Like, I thought it was really weird. I mean, what do you think, Rob? I mean, that would he does make a good point. They did spend all this money, all this time to hype up this comeback for him, and they just to let him go. the The thing, the thing I think with that is, I I don't know anything. I haven't read anything, but I feel like that's there's something that we're we don't know about maybe because that's just like you're saying. You know, they're hyping him up. Um, you know, kind of giving him, uh, you know, a new, new kind of gimmick kind of thing. And, and just to let him go, I, I don't know that it, to me, that just comes off really weird. Cause why would you, um, if one thing we know about WWE is they're not going to invest time and try new things with you, if they don't plan on keeping you and for them just to kind of let him go is a little weird. Yeah, no, I definitely think so. But one that was weird. And her last match was actually this past Monday, was the let go of Lana. Um, she has been working with what's her name? Was it Dana? Not Dana Brooke. Uh, who has she been working with lately? Naomi. I think yeah, yeah, yeah. It, 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 it's Phil the Glow, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. Naomi. Naomi. Uh, she's been working with Naomi lately in the tag team division of the women's uh, division as well. And obviously, they've been they've gotten title shots. They they've They've been there was even a time where Lana was getting put through a table every fucking week. <laughs> and a lot of people always made jokes that because you know Rusev went over to AEW, that's why he's getting she's getting put through the table as a punishment. Um but they they really invested a lot of time to bring her character up as far as not only being a you know, not a like a manager, but like actual wrestler. And yeah. it, it was just weird to me that you know, I, I rewatched a lot of the stuff today just to prepare for the podcast to kind of get it refreshed in my mind. 
they had a they had a tag match against uh, Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke for you know number one contendership of the the women's titles, and then like this week she's she's let go. So yeah, that, that was very abrupt. Yeah, I, I I don't know what the what when it comes down to letting go of people, what the decision is, what the meetings are like, but it, it's just weird to me when they let go of people like Rampage said with Alistair and, and Braun Strowman and Ruby Riot and Lana, like all these these four that we've mentioned so far, we're having somewhat of a storyline. We're we're doing tag team things, we're doing solo things, you know, and 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 they were getting screen time every week, and then all of a sudden they just let go. So. I don't know what the actual how that decision works, but hey. Well, I've heard uh, again. This is all based off of just what I've heard hearsay rumblings. You know, right? Um, there's a lot of talk about uh, WWE potentially being sold because all these cuts like have been spread out, but there's a lot of cuts, a lot more than usual. Right, like on high levels, because I mean, right. you're talking office people are getting cut too, yeah. and that's like that's usually what you do if you're going to sell off a company is you cut as many costs as you can before mm. you sell it, so you maximize your profits. Yeah. So I, that's just rumblings, but I mean, who knows? It makes sense. I mean, we've already saw them sell the network to Peacock. Right, which was like the yeah. first step of that, and then their deal with Fox, their deals with USA. So I mean, it's it's only a matter of time before someone gets the actual licensing rights to WWE because we have USA has NXT and Raw, Fox has SmackDown, Peacock has freaking uh, the network. Yeah, they have the network. So everything's kind of spread everywhere. You know what I mean? It's like early Marvel back in the day when they just you know, sold properties to, like, Sony and to, like, 20th Century and everything. So everything's kind of – it's spread everywhere, but I'm kind of just curious as to seeing where this is going to go because, you know. The theory about it being sold, too, with the recent news that WWE has been in talks with New Japan to have a working relationship, like, that kind of thing, to me – adds a little bit more credibility to the potential of them being sold. Cause I mean, if you've got a working relationship with an international company, the size of new Japan, yeah, that looks, makes your company look so much more viable. Right. Like you can have like, I mean, the merchandise and everything sales and everything are going to be what they're going to be. And you can look past the ratings and the people with negative opinions, if you can be like, look, I, we got this working relationship with this, you know, well-known, well-regarded company. I mean. That's what I thought was the smart thing about AEW though, too. They, they really started doing that crossing over with impact and crossing over with new Japan. I, I believe uh, Moxley is actually the, the new Japan United States champion right now. Right. I think so. I think he still is, yeah. Yeah, and to see him actually bring that title onto AEW, it's just, it's good. It's all good promotion. It's good business because people yeah. are going to be like, what company is this? And then they're going to go take their, you know, go do, check out that. But at the same time, you know, your cross ratings and stuff because, you're, you you know, everybody's getting 
oh, he's that champion, so I want to go see what's going on over there. Oh, he's yeah. he's over there. Like when Kenny Omega right. had a whole thing with Impact. I think he won both world titles from Impact yeah. and AEW. Well, he, he he's holding, I think it's Impact, AEW, and AAA's world titles. I mean, right there. Like, that's a good business standpoint right there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because not only are you highlighting your wrestlers, but you're highlighting other wrestlers that probably don't even get as nearly as much attention as these these wrestlers do. Yep. So it's a good business decision um, and all that. But back to the last of the cuts of that, we had Buddy Murphy who had a, a little run with Seth Rollins, uh, early pandemic, the Mysterios and everything. Um I, I didn't really see him after the whole Mysterio thing ended. He kind of was just in the shadows after that. Yeah. Uh, but they kept Seth Rollins going. And then uh, Santana Garrett, I think that's her name. She was yeah. let go. I think she was – was she development? Development uh, or – NXT. NXT. So she was let go. Um, but it always sucks to see people get let go, man. I hate to see people yeah. out of a job and yeah. all that stuff. But let's turn it to brighter news, man. This was announced uh, a couple days ago, SummerSlam. It's happening in Vegas this year at the yep. new, at the new Raider Stadium, man. That's the first time ever that an event like SummerSlam, actually SummerSlam itself, has ever been held in an NFL stadium. So, I, yeah, it's big news, man. I mean, uh, I they they tested the waters. I believe they they've held it in like baseball stadiums. I think one time they held it in a base, or is that Royal Rumble? I mean, they've held Royal Rumble everywhere. I don't know. I don't remember them ever holding uh, SummerSlam in a stadium like that. At least, not to my knowledge. I, I could be missed in a year, but I don't. I don't remember them uh, doing anything like that for SummerSlam specifically in a stadium. Yeah. Uh, August twenty first, twenty twenty one is when it's happening. I may have to buy tickets. <laughs> I'm tempted. I know. Fly out there for the weekend, and it's gonna be on a Saturday too, which is it's. Tripping me out because usually their pay per views are on Sundays. So, yep. I feel like you get more, you're going to get more of a, a chance with, uh, I mean, it's SummerSlam, so people are going to show up anyway. But, um, I mean, you're more likely to get people who are just kind of like, should I go? Should I go to go on a Saturday? Because it's at the very least, like, like me, if it's on a Sunday, I'm going to have an issue driving back or whatever, getting back for Monday. Uh, for Monday the next day for work, but a Saturday. Now I could leave after work on a Friday, get down there, watch the Saturday, and come back Sunday. So I think that, that that's a smart. I think that's a smart move, especially uh, this year to try out something new. I think it it, uh, it, it it's it's a good idea. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely like I said, never seen a WWE pay per view other than like the Super Showdowns or whatever because they're in like other uh, uh, countries. Multiple different time zones yeah so i mean you've seen them held on like fridays or saturdays but like i've never seen like an event like this held on a saturday other than like wrestlemania which was two days but i mean i i heard there's talks about them going forward and doing that more often now the two-day wrestlemania because it gives more opportunities for fans to come and see the event also i guess they really just feel like a six-hour pay-per-view people are going to start losing interest so if they do three hours one day and three hours one day and they kind of stack the cards different play around with that well i mean i so i've i've been to like a wrestlemania i've been to a few wrestlemanias and you're 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 watching six hours sometimes seven hours on tv but when you're there you're there for 
eight, nine, I think even one year we were there for like 10 hours. So yeah. I, 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 it, the experience, like to get the full experience is amazing, but I think it's as far as being able to make more money and even get more fans in seats to do it the way they've been doing it over several days. I think it's smart. Um, you know, for me, I would be like, man, I got to buy two days now or, or, you know, if they hold it, I remember when they used to hold it one, you know, on one side of the country and then the other on the other side, um, do something like that. But I think it's smart. I think it's cool. It's different. And, 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 you know, I think, I think it's worth a shot just to see, uh, at least one year, just to see how you would do if you held WrestleMania, maybe two separate locations on two different days. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I like the whole, and especially, I think what made this WrestleMania so special was we got a year without fans. And then we had fans in the seat, and it just it, something about having fans in the seat. It's the fans that really bring the show to life. It's their, oh, it's, yeah, yeah, their reactions, their you know, their chants, everything. It's all raw and authentic, and it really brings the show to and wrestling to life. Like you can even tell the superstars who performed that day were just happy to see that. Like whether you're heel, babyface, whatever it is, it didn't even matter that day because they were just happy to see people back in the stands. Well, it's, it's that, and it's so much easier for them to do their jobs. Like, we've talked about this, I think. Um, when you don't have fans, like, almost all of your storytelling is based on what you actually can, like, see the fans that are actually there. Yeah. Because it sounds, you know, they pipe in sounds and stuff on TV, even when there were fans, you know, before the pandemic and everything. When they... When you don't have that, like, yeah, we hear all the tune. I'm sure they put in noise, some noise for them, but you know, that's all pre pre done. Yeah. Like when there's live fans and you can actually read people and see what people are reacting to, it makes working a match and telling your story and tell you know your character and everything like just so much better. The energy I've talked, I've talked to so many workers that are it's it's without the fans it's you know they can't do their thing yeah this way because you're trying to sell a story you're trying to sell you know the your gimmick and everything to the fans and if they don't react to it or if you get no reaction to it then it's kind of really hard you have to double what you're doing to sell what you're trying to sell you know exactly. it's, it's really about selling the story and the gimmick uh and just like like you just said how will they react to this? Okay, what can I do different next time, or what can I do in the next move to get the hype up, get the crowd going, and get people interested yeah, and in wanting to watch it? And once once they start getting, once you get start getting that feedback, and people start getting into the match, it makes the workers get more into the match. I mean, that's half of how like, I mean, Kenny Omega's you know five star matches and like all these yeah. five star like you watch them and it's like if that crowd wasn't reacting it's it you know and it doesn't have to be a constant like constant reaction but i mean like you watch the way the jap you know the japanese crowds are it's like it builds and you can feel it build and it adds yeah. to the match as you get that like rumble starting to build and then like you know somebody hits a big move and they kick out and like if there's no crowd i mean we you saw that you know in uh Early pandemic yeah yeah it was just like it, these matches would have been great. I think one of the few good matches, and it was when they started having the like 
performance center crowds around the like behind the plexiglass like they still do for nxt yeah the um buddy murphy versus alistair black like or that might have even been pre-pandemic i don't remember but like it was like that was a it was it would have been so much better in the like you can't you can't replicate that crowd energy yeah it, it really was interesting to hear wrestling in the beginning of the pandemic because it was just quiet you know you actually can hear what the wrestlers were saying you heard what the refs were saying and it kind of like you know you 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 usually do hear that on tv but it kind of ruined it a little bit for me you know what i mean it was like I, I know they're trying to still sell what they're selling, but it's just like, it's just so much better with the fans. I need, well, it, yeah. it was weird. Yeah. Like I've been to a few indie shows, you know, of various kinds. I think I've been to like four or five at this point. Yeah. But it wasn't until this last weekend, which I do want to talk about after we're done talking about the, uh, the big companies. Um, ha- like it's weird. When, like, I mean, these guys are doing, like, you know, hitting each other with light tubes and stuff. And, like, usually there's there, that would get a reaction. But, like, there are long periods of silence. And when you can, like, hear, I mean, you can hear the wrestlers, like, they are aware that you can hear them. Yeah. When it's quieter. So you saw it in the pandemic to a degree, what you see on the indies, which is, like, they do things like what Jericho's always done where somebody will say something and then they like react to it. They right. say something in character back. Um, but it was, it was, it was weird. Cause like, it did take away something like for me, I agree. Like it took, it took a little bit of that just intangible, you know, I don't know how to even describe it. Yeah. It just, it was missing something. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but at the same time, it was, it was really interesting to see who adjusted and leaned into it. Right. And like started, like made, started like Roman Reigns is a perfect example. Like when he, you know, came back and started with this whole, you know, tribal chief thing. Yeah. Like he was talking shit in the ring <laughs> and like, like just straight up talking, like, through the match and i was like that actually works like that's smart lean into it instead of like just let it be i mean you have the crowd noise but it's obviously not the same you yeah. know it doesn't hide it the way that a live crowd does yeah it's it's definitely it was definitely weird what about you rob what do you think well i i think for me um i guess something i had i struggled with uh you know first you know when the pandemic started was just the whole like them their their the way they reacted to not having a crowd like they were still playing to the crowd but there was no crowd to play to which and i get it i understand what i'm watching but it was just like you know i think it took them some time they had to find their stride get the right footing to realize okay we can't we keep doing this and like you were like you were saying earlier you know you kind of see who who adapts and who's just you know, who is sticking to the same, you know, the same old thing. But uh, for me, I think just the, the natural reaction of the crowd is what 
is what gets me. And you, you had mentioned like New Japan and, and you watch that build up. And that that's not like, um, you know, I've been a part of, you know, crowds where you know, they're chanting the whole time and crowds where it's dead silent um, with with specifically like a New Japan crowd. It's so natural the way the crowd reacts and they're something happens and it's just a constant buildup and it's levels and levels and levels. And honestly, the first time I ever watched like a new Japan show, it was, was just like, I have the first time I ever seen a, a, a crowd be worked that way. And that to me to watch a wrestler work a crowd that way is amazing. And I love it. So that, that was one thing that I feel like I kind of missed uh, from having a live crowd is being able to, because even, even in WWE, AEW, you have those wrestlers who know how to work a crowd. You mentioned Jericho. Jericho is a master at working a crowd and playing to a crowd. And, you know, it's almost like a wave with that guy. He just, and he can control it. And so to, to finally watch crowds in, uh, in a wrestling show on TV and stuff, it definitely brings, I feel like it just brings back the heart of wrestling. And so I, I'm glad yeah. they're back. It's, you know, it's great to watch again. And it was missing something, but now I feel like that piece has been put back. So, and, you know, we're just going to, we're going to uh, fine tune it again. And then, and then things will start to kind of flow once again and everything will get better. Exactly, man. You couldn't have said it better. Let's dive in to WWE this week. Uh, Monday Night Raw, let's kick it off with the first day of the week. Uh, and if you guys are watching this, uh, we record these on Sundays. Um, don't know when I'm going to be putting them out, but we'll figure out that. <laughs> first episode, so I'm still trying to figure out all the kinks and stuff. Uh, but we're going to start off with WWE, Monday Night Raw. Let's kick it off with, uh, so I again, I watch a lot of my WWE on YouTube. So the clips may be out of order than how the show had them. So if it's out of order, just bear with us. Um, I'm just going off the clips of when they release them by time. Um, sometimes they release stuff that is later on in the show earlier. Rather, it doesn't make sense sometimes, but I'm going off what I see based on the order of YouTube. So the first thing I want to talk about, the push of Nikki Cross. Um, for starters, I'm an old-school Nikki Cross fan. I loved her when she was part of Sanity, and I loved yes. that, that whole crazy gimmick that she had. Like That was my favorite Nikki Cross. I love that Nikki Cross. Um to see her getting a push now, it looking like she wants a title opportunity. She wants a Raw Women's title opportunity. Last week, she had a beat the clock challenge against Rhea Ripley, and she actually beat the or she. I think it was Rhea Ripley who had to beat the clock, but yeah. she she passed the time, so Nikki Cross won that. This last week, she did a beat the clock challenge against Charlotte Flair, and Nikki Cross again came out victorious, proving that. After Hell in the Shell, uh, Shell, after Hell in the Cell, <laughs> she wants a title opportunity, and I'm honestly I'm for it. Honestly, I really am. I, I think a push for Nikki Cross is good, especially because uh, I haven't seen anything major done with that character since she was tagged with Alexa Bliss, and that was when Bliss was transforming into like the whole fiend gimmick. So now that you're getting this push from Nikki Cross, like I'm really I'm really for this. If she if they give her a title opportunity and and make her Hopefully a champion. Um, we'll see, but it looks like the, the spotlight right now is is Rhea Ripley and Charlotte Flair. Obviously, Charlotte Flair is looking like she's going to try to tie her dad in her record. She's already a 14-time champion, so she only needs two more, and she ties her dad. And then after that, she'll probably be the next Flair to hold the 
the most title opportunities, reigns and everything. So what do you guys think about uh, Nikki Cross with this whole beat the clock challenge and, and earning her title opportunity? I mean, she already beat the women's champion. She beat Charlotte Flair. What's next? I mean, I'm about it. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, it's. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. I mean, cut you off. No, I, like, I like Rhea Ripley. <clears throat> I think her and Nikki Cross work well together. And I like Charlotte too, but I'm just kind of tired of Charlotte. It's the only thing I'm like, eh, about with it. Yeah. Um, like, Charlotte's a great worker. I mean, she's a flair. Yeah. I would be surprised if she wasn't. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I'm about it. I'm about it. I, I, I did watch uh, recap, so I, I did actually get to see it at least in like very chopped up brief format, but right. Yeah, I mean, I, I like Nikki cross. So yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see how it goes. I'm also a fan of Nikki cross. Honestly. And I, this could just be me. She reminds me of, I maybe a darker, um, like, a I'm like a darker Mickey James almost. Uh, yeah. so I get that feeling from her. I like her. I like her style. And I think the, what they did with her. Um, and I thought this too, as I was watching it, I, I was like, they did a good job as far as building Nikki um, against uh, Rhea and Charlotte with the whole, like, and still keeping them strong uh, with the whole, like sh- they didn't get pinned and, but yet she still beat them because it was a beat the clock challenge. So I, 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 I like that. I'm always a fan of like, you don't have to make two, you don't have to make someone look bad to make another person look good. You can, you can elevate someone while elevating someone else. And it works to the benefit of both. I I have an issue sometimes with WWE. I feel like sometimes they have to, they think they have to bring someone down to help someone elevate. When I think if you elevate them both together, it benefits future matches. So I think they did an excellent job with, with uh, Nikki Cross and, and, and Rhea and, and Charlotte and not allowing them, not allowing the two bigger ones. If you, you know, if you say to take a loss, but also giving a win to, to Nikki cross and, and going from there. So I'm, I'm cool with her getting a title shot. I hope she does. I hope she wins. Cause I think um, it switches it up that way. It's not always Charlotte who's, who's getting the title, but um, I do again, Charlotte's an amazing wrestler. She, you know, she's, she, I think she's probably, the best women's wrestler they have right now. Um, Rhea Ripley is right up there with her. I think maybe in a few years she might surpass her, but um, I think putting the, putting the, giving Nikki, Nikki a chance, a chance, I think it just kind of switches it up a little. I'm okay with that. Well, I want to touch on Rhea a little bit because uh, for those, I mean, you guys know this, but for those who don't know, I'm a huge Rhea Ripley fan. I, yes, I, you I, are. I loved yes, her in NXT. <laughs> I thought she was fantastic in NXT. She was well-written in NXT. The storylines she had in NXT were amazing. Her matches are second to none, um, and she is a, a fantastic performer. Um, my biggest thing, her coming up to the main roster was, okay, and and it's already kind of I'm already predicting it kind of right. I and I talked to Rampage about this, but I'm hoping they go a different direction. They brought her up, they gave her a title shot. She won the title. She's now like the main woman on or you know woman at on Raw right now. My biggest thing is you know they give them that that time to shine for a little bit, and then they kind of easily fade away. I do not yeah. want this to happen to Rhea Ripley because she is a very talented wrestler a very talented in-ring performer. 
and I, I just don't want this to happen to her. Uh, I don't. I don't want this to happen to anybody. To be honest, like if, they, if there's a ton of talent to throw out there, I don't want this to happen. To but Rhea Ripley is one of my favorites, and I hope that if they're planning on, you know, taking away the title and giving it to Charlotte or Nikki Cross, I'm hoping that she'll still be in the main event picture. Whether it be a tag team title opportunity, maybe she tags with someone else, or goes after the Raw Women's Tag Team title or the Raw, Raw Women's title again. I, I just don't want her to see her fade away because she is such a talented person, uh, and I really like the storyline they're giving her right now. It, it's all going good right now, so I'm hoping the future for Rhea Ripley is good. I'm trying to think of, like, who else would be, like, put in those kind of positions on Raw, at least. I mean, their roster is not very deep right now on the main no, roster. It no. really isn't. And there's nobody that they can really – move from nxt that wouldn't leave a gap in nxt right now that's not to say they wouldn't do it anyways because lord knows we've seen plenty of times where they've done stupid things and move people up when they shouldn't have or move people right. up before they're ready but i just i don't i'm not i'm cautiously optimistic that because that would lead, like if they faded her out I mean, they could they could fade her out a little bit and just you know change to change things up, but I don't think they would at this point fully. You know, yeah, I, I think her. she's got she's got a lot of momentum driving her away right now. So they get, yeah. she's got she's got I think a few years to keep that momentum going, and I can see her actually being well, like one of the top stars in Raw right now. You know what I mean? The real test is going to be we've she's been on the main the main roster in front of fans now once right going forward with them starting to run live shows again that's going to be the test with how the crowds react in right. person but she was a huge hit cuz she was doing in crowd stuff at NXT and I know that's a smaller audience but she was she was she was a big hit in NXT when there was crowds too so I don't doubt in my mind that if people are yeah, fans no of that and they know who she is she'll 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 kick it off with the fans when they go back on the road well they've done a good job of presenting her right. and presenting her as legitimate she hasn't had any bad matches on the main roster on raw um she it's just gonna come down to the smaller live crowds and the live crowds of nxc and nxt uk from before the pandemic right those at this point it's far enough out in people's minds in most people's minds that it's it's one of those weird situations it's long enough ago that a lot of people just because of like the fatigue of the pandemic situation it feels longer ago than it is but it's not so long ago that it's like easy to look at for most people like you know, early WrestleMania or the Attitude Era, where it's like those were products of their time, and so you can bypass like you know certain things and forgive certain things. It's just kind of forgotten, yeah, because in that weird gray area where it was just you know year or two before the pandemic, and she wasn't a big star, so it's like now that she's been presented and people know her and she's a you know, no name and a known commodity. When there are live fans, is she going to be able to 
retain that? Is she going to be able to continue to connect? I think she is. I don't see any reason why not. Yeah. Cause I'm, I'm, I'm not quite as big a fan as you, but <laughs> big fan of, of her. She, too. She's probably my favorite. And I could say this in a heartbeat and this goes a long way. Cause there's a lot of talented and I'm talking, you know, early two thousands, nineties, you know, there's a lot of talented women's wrestlers out there, but she's probably my favorite that I've really connected to. I, I feel like, in a weird way, I can relate to her. I mean, her style, you know, that kind of that that like outcast kind of punk rocker. I don't give a fuck. It's my way or the highway kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like she just yeah. goes out there and tells it as it is, and I I really love that style. And you haven't seen that kind of style because you know back in the day when they presented a lot of women. You know, I mean, I, the, the the one I can think about the most that it, it was probably a big influence on that character was Lita. I mean, oh, Lita, yeah. Lita yeah. was that kind of style where she was that tomboy, I'm going to fucking do a swanton off the fucking rope kind of thing, you know what I mean, and all this stuff. So she's kind of like the modern-day Lita, but in her own style, she's her own person. Like, no one's going to look at her and go, oh, that's a ripoff of Lita. No, she's doing her own thing. She's got her own kind of attitude her own way of doing things you know and, and she's like i said she's a phenomenal in-ring uh, performer uh um, yeah so i'm excited to see where that goes now here's a team that i want to talk about that also has been getting a lot of buzz lately rk bro <laughs> this is one honestly this is one team i never thought i'd see team up but it has been interesting to watch but they 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 they've been dominating lately. They've been winning yeah. matches. They've been. It looks like they're trying to slowly make their way up to a tag team title fight. Um, and I could see them as tag team champions for a little bit. They'll have a little run, I think, coming soon. It's kind of looking like it's building up to that. But yeah, um, I- it, it was interesting this week because Orton fought uh, Woods, and uh, it was a uh, just a regular match. Riddle was out there to kind of support um, Randy and. The, the finishing move, Orton actually used Riddle's finishing uh, move on it, which I thought was funny. Um, so it's it's seeming like we're seeing more and more every week uh, of them. You know, at first Randy wasn't for it. You see he was annoyed by it. But it seems like every week he's starting to get more and more kind of liking this guy. You know, it's like we kind of vibe good together. Well, it's 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 the, like, mismatched partner, but not as, like, overtly mismatched. Like they're still similar enough in general that it it doesn't clash in the wrong way, right? And I mean, Randy's a great worker, and Riddle's a great worker. And Riddle, the the problem, I didn't really see him watch too much of his NXT run. Like I did a little bit, and I saw like uh, the takeovers, you know, his some of his takeover matches and stuff, but his gimmick on the main roster like yeah it is it's his personality because i've seen like shoot interviews or not shoot interviews but you know when he was in mma still right just post mma it's way i mean it's it's not like like the whole stoner like implications like implied stoner shit that they've done with him on the main roster is like what they did with RVD, but like times a million. Right. I feel like from what I watched on the recaps um, and what I've been seeing with this program with Randy, 
it feels like they're taking him back more toward what he was on the indies and like taking using randy to like randy's warming up to him but he's kind of also coming down toward randy and coming down toward being a heel right and like being more serious i mean in the matches he's you know it's the same strong style mma influence style that he's always had but it's like his character is finally starting to match his ring style yeah and i'm i'm all for it as much as i'd love like everybody you know all the other tag teams and everything and uh, like i i liked what i've i've seen from them as time's gone on rob rk bro what's your thoughts yeah i feel like wwe uh does a pretty good job with mixing people who don't seem like they'd go together together and it making it work Um, with, you know, whether it just be, I, I think it has to do a little bit with, with two of these things. And one is um, they're obviously giving them a push. And so that's going to help. But I think more than that, I think it's both their, uh, their personalities and their charisma in ring and out of ring work together, but, together but in different ways like like you're uh you're saying like riddles he's more like that chillax kind of dude and hey and and um randy orton's very like serious methodical and i almost see it as a um like a he's like almost mentoring him like hey this is watch me do this and and you you got it from last week and this week's episode where Randy's just kind of like, hey, you know, like, you know, he's going to do a move and he's making sure Riddle's watching him. And I like kind of the story that they're both telling with each other. And I think I'm all for it. I like it. Um, it, It's two things that don't go together that that they made work. And again, I I feel like it has more to do with obviously Riddle. He's he's uh, his personality works. But I think Randy being the the in-ring seasoned veteran and telling the story of, 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 uh, you know, I'm going to kind of show this guy the ropes and I'm warming up to him and, you know, standoffish at first, but now let's, I see what you can do. I, I see talent and let's work together kind of thing. And right. I think Randy's doing a, an excellent job kind of, kind of put like putting that out there like that. Uh, I like it. Yeah. Yeah. It's been, it's been fun watching them grow together and stuff. Uh, one I'm just gonna talk about real quick. Not too much happened. I think I think it was just the most interesting thing was it was a uh, uh, guy versus girl situation, which was Reginald wow. versus uh, Shannon mm. Baszler. That was an interesting match as it is. Obviously, there's been some kind of feud there between uh, Baszler and Reginald with her teaming of Nia Jax. It's looking like they're gonna start separating now though because Nia Jax is kind of favoriting uh, Reginald and and Baszler, which I'm gonna right. talk about later. Is looking like she's gonna start a feud with uh, Alexa Bliss, which we'll we'll get into a little bit later. Uh, Mason T Bar, man, this has been a team that I've kind of been watching closely um, ever since their departure from what was that group they were that? What was it? Retribution, yeah. Uh, that that was like a short lived thing. I, I I don't know what was going on there, but uh, they were so getting that right too. They were. It, it was getting good because I like the whole aspect of like Mustafa Ali was like the secret leader. When he was revealed, it was like, oh shit! Like this guy from being a nobody to being a leader, you know. And it was right before they they revealed him as a leader was when they made their for their the misstep that led to everything else, though. Yeah, because it, they when they took away that like anonymity and like them just being this 
faceless force. Like you could tell there were other wrestlers. That was when it just, I was like, I love I still liked it, but it was, became harder and harder to like justify liking right. it. <laughs> nah, it, it. It's I've been watching them. It seems like little by little they were, they're moving up in the tag team division. Um, well, they're great in the ring. They are. They really are. They're really good in the ring. And I would love to see them have a, a, a title, a tag team title run down the line um, to see what they would be like. Cause I think they would be dominant as, as tag team title championship. You know what I mean? So I, I really, really would see, like to see where that goes. I'm really surprised with, uh, was it Mace? Um, I forget his, his real name, Dio Madden, I think. Right. Or something. Um, like he looks pretty good in the ring for not training for all that long. Like I think it's like yeah. he's been training like two two years, something like that. Right. Like, and, and you know more than nope. anyone because I know. Little side note, actually, Rampage every now and then trains with uh, another one of our. You haven't trained? Have you trained at all though? You haven't been. It's been a I've, while, I've huh? Trained. <laughs> I've I've done, but I've been. I mean, I've been involved with you know I I've, I've got my toes in the water. Well, I mean, it, it's a, it's a, I'll call it a light training. How about yeah, that? Yeah, well, I'm self-trained. Self-trained, yeah, self-trained. I mean, it, it, you're doing, you're kind of, but you know the basics, you know things, and, and yeah. you're, you're learning as you go. But I mean, you've been in the ring and you've, you've kind of ran the ropes and we're doing I'll some take drills. Bumps. Yeah, you're doing drills. Nothing kinda, crazy, but I'm taking bumps. Yeah, but I mean, you know, but you know, if anyone knows in ring stuff, it's gonna be you. You know what I mean? Like well, you're, you're starting I, to learn it. I know the psychology and like. I mean, that's that's what it, everything boils down to. Good matches, the psychology has to be there, whether it's – even if you're not a good, like, athlete. Like, you watch, like, mid-'80s, early-'90s WWF stuff, yeah. and, you know, there, there are a lot of guys who weren't the greatest athletes in the world. I mean, the guys who were were far better workers, right. ultimately. I mean, you know – Guys like Hogan didn't need to do like top rope moves because he figured out that he could do get the same kind of reaction by telling the story through you know a handful of moves and through his reactions to other people's moves and you know right. selling it's all about the selling because that's what you tell the story through. Well, same thing with Andre the Giant, he was just a giant, so he didn't have to. Just him being in the ring was just oh look at this giant fight you know what I mean like yeah. well you saw that later in his career as he you know started having his health issues related to his gigantism he was still putting on entertaining matches were they five star matches no but they were still entertaining yeah like you know if you go by the five star like how many you know how athletic was it was it were they doing hold for hold you know, moon salts, you know, off the top rope to the outside. No, obviously it's not five star, but you know, the storytelling was there. His selling was there as a big guy. It was, you know, as a giant, it was, it's all about when you're that size, you have to do that. Yeah. So the like smaller guys who can't do that are still not going to be entertaining. Yeah. You know, what do you think, Rob, uh, Mason T bar future tag team title match? Yeah, eventually, I th I think, um, you know, it, it, uh, I think right now, I think they have potential. I don't know if they've reached it yet. I think within, 
I want to say a year, year and a half, I could see them having uh, a long-term title run. But right, right now I, th- I think um, they're good. Uh, and I don't, I don't say this in, in like, Oh, this talent, th- these people have more talent. These, these, these team or this, this person, I think right now they're in the middle of the road tag team, but that doesn't mean they're not good. I think they're good. They have potential to be top tier talent. I just think right now, um, they're somewhere in the middle and, and I think it's going to take a year or two for them to kind of elevate, to be, uh, you know, top two or three teams in, in WWE as far as tag teams. Well, I think for them, a lot of what it's going to depend on is how well they can get away from the stigma of being attached to retribution. Right. Cause such a bad taste in so many people's mouths. I think, uh, you know, I watched, their match i watched the clips of their match uh this week and like it, like i said they look good it was you know they're solid in the ring i mean dominic dijakovac is a great athlete and Dio madden i mean he was a you know pro athlete before he ever started wrestling training so right they're going to have that solid base and they're both good storytellers in the ring right the one thing that's going to continue to hinder them potentially is if they don't get away from like they can keep this the aesthetic that they have with the face paint and the all black tights that's fine like they can try and you know be i guess a not a more athletic road warrior but you know you know what i mean like I they, you, they can yeah. keep like they're they're big guys they're you know very you know athletic looking they can keep all that stuff but like the names alone are gonna like if they don't get rid of if they don't go at least to something new like mace you could even keep like i could even argue argue that that would be decent yeah but like tbar like yeah like that's that's <laughs> not that's the uh, one thing that i'm worried about this is gonna be completely off topic i have to just say this and get this out there because this is what i'm feeling right now but it- I'm honestly having a good time doing this. I really am. I like talking about wrestling. Like I don't get to do this a lot with a lot of people, but it's a fun time. I'm glad we, we decided to. I'm glad you guys were down to do this. There's there's few of us, and we have to band together. To, I know, right? I know. Absolutely. Uh, Humberto Car Carrillo. How do you say his name? Carrillo. Humberto. Yeah, Carrillo. Carrillo. I think. And Ricochet have uh, looking like they both are going to be getting a, a U.S. title opportunity at Hell in a Cell. Uh, this week, Sheamus uh, pretty much called out anyone who wants to face him. And Ricochet answered the call. And Humberto came out and distracted Ricoch- uh, Sheamus. And Ricochet got the win off of him. So afterwards, uh, Sheamus challenged Humberto to a, a match. And Ricochet did the same thing for Humberto. Pinned him. They both pinned the U.S. champion. I'm thinking triple threat match at uh, Hell in a Cell. What do you guys think? I think so. That's what it looked like to me. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh good way to set that up. I mean, in and uh, I mean, I love – I just have to say I love Ricochet. I've loved Ricochet for a long time. I think the dude – Fantastic performer. The dude is amazing. I've seen him do some crazy stuff, and uh, I I want him to get a push so bad. So yeah. uh, I'm U.S. title is the first start right there, man. I'm, yeah. I'm down. Yep. I mean, I got to see him perform live at NXT Takeover uh, War Games when they were here in Los Angeles, and mm-hmm. that match was just fucking like I've always wanted to see a War Games match, and when I finally saw that, I was blown away. Like the performers that were in it, you had. The Undisputed Era, you had um, Pete Dunne, 
Viking Raiders, um, and Ricochet. And it was just a phenomenal match. I mean, he, he jumped off the top of the damn cell, you know. Yeah, dude, it was it was freaking awesome. And I even, I, I remember actually, like, cheering for him, holding up my title, and he, like, legit pointed at me. And I was, like, not, like, up there, but if you've been to the Staples Center, I was, like, in the premiere section with, like, the purple seats. So okay. I was in that area, and he, like, pointed at me at the end, and I was, like, Thank you. <laughs> but it was, a, it was a good time. Speaking of Hell in the Cell, um, Eva Marie, she has been cutting promos. She she left the company a while back, uh, or she was let go. I don't remember what it was. I think, I think she let, I think, was it Was it that she left? I, I thought they let her go, but, I, yeah, you could be right. I think she probably she probably left. But she's been making a killing on, on social media, obviously. with she. I think she has her own, like, design company or something like that, or she designs stuff. She's got her fitness like yeah, yeah. coaching and then, she, and then she's i think she's partnered up with uh doesn't she have like that sports drink rain or something like that yeah so she's been she's with. been getting around doing fitness things and all that so she, she's been getting around but she's returning i'm theorizing monday night after hell in a cell yeah what do you think i can in time for set up in time to set up a storyline for SummerSlam. yeah I mean, uh, I mean, it makes sense. I mean, we haven't even gotten uh, – usually around this time, which was kind of weird to me, usually around this time is Money in the Bank. And then it, it's big setup for – you know, the, they take that month off, and they usually set up for SummerSlam. But Hell in a Cell is usually an October pay-per-view, and it's gotten moved to June now. So I'm a little yeah. kind of confused by that, but they know what they're doing, so – I'll let them or, do them. Or do they? Or do they, you know? <laughs> I think some people know what they're doing. Some people do, right? <laughs> I think everybody knows what they're doing, except they're not talking to each other. Exactly. <laughs> Everyone's doing something, and then they're like, wait, I was going to do this, and you're doing this? Okay. Uh, okay, well, we'll just both do dude, it then. Throw it all out. <laughs> Lana's last match, Dana Brooke and Mandy Rose. We, we did t- talk a little bit about this. Uh, it's looking like Dana Brooke and Mandy Rose want them tag team titles. Uh, they want to take them away from... Uh, Natalia and um, what's her name? I, I I'm drawing a blank right now. Na- is it Naomi? It's not, Na- not no, Naomi. No, it's uh, um, Superfly Snuka's daughter. Tamina. Oh, Tamina, Tamina Snuka. Um, current tag champions right now. They I think they've earned it after a long time of you know Natalia's been getting opportunity after opportunity, and they finally gave her a title after so long. Um, but, you know, like she had she'd been with the company for what geez like 10 years now almost yeah yeah it's, like it, that. yeah it's been a long time yeah dude it's it's been a really long time but uh i'm glad to see them especially you know snooka you know her dad being jimmy superfly snooka um natalia's uncle being bret hart her dad being um what was her dad's name the animal yeah yep. um them to obviously keeping that kind of heart tradition going in wrestling. I mean, you got you got a flare still, you got a heart, you got a freaking a snooker still. I mean, the, the bloodline, you know, Roman Reigns with his bloodline and everything, the Usos, you know, Samoan wrestling has always been a big thing since the you know as early, as far back as it goes. Um, yep. to, to see them be tag team champions kind of made me happy, even though they're kind of the the oh. hills right now. It was good to see them rewarded after so long. Yeah, I mean, 
they're both great workers. Um, Tamina's maybe a little rougher, just that's the way she's style. Yeah. But I mean, they're, they're both good workers. I've always liked Tamina. I I never understood why they didn't feature her more. Like I would, I would take her a million times over Nia Jax. I used to be a pretty big fan of Nia Jax, but I would take her over Nia a million times over. Right. As far as like the big, the like, you know, the powerhouse women. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, Cedric Alexander defeating Shelton Benjamin. Thumb to the eye, man. That's always a big famous move. If the ref's not seen, throw a thumb to the eye, and they they're blinded for the whole damn match. You know, and they, I love, I love, I personally love when they <laughs> when they sell those two. It, it's so dramatic, but it's so great, <laughs> dude. I love it. Um, it it's so school. Thumb to the eye, and then Cedric hit his finisher, defeating. Uh, so this has been an ongoing rivalry since they departed from the Hurt Business. Um, I thought they were on the same page after that, but then after that, they they started feuding to see which one was better. Um, so this has been kind of an ongoing rivalry. I could honestly see this maybe going out till Hell in a Cell, and then after Hell in a Cell, probably dying down from there. But yeah, not, not too much to really talk about on that one. Um, I have a feeling that that's going to end up on the pre-show if there's a pre-show. <laughs> yeah, that would be a pre-show match. That's more like it. Um, AJ Styles and almost man. These guys, this guy is a fucking powerhouse almost dude this guy is like it was funny because i was watching the thing and jackson uh Riker was in and the commentator team's like he doesn't realize that sasquatch is right behind him i was like no fucking shit dude uh they had a, a tag team championship match with elias and jackson uh, uh Riker, uh and this is where we saw the end of elias and Riker. so we're gonna see maybe a little feud going on there but what do you guys think about this this powerhouse between aj styles and 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 almost it seems like almost is doing most of the work right now. <laughs> now, which I I understand that because AJ's getting toward the end of his career. Yeah, he's kind of there to to set up to sell people. it and everything. Yeah, I yeah. mean because he's got he's such a household name at this point. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I've I've watched his whole you know ever since he was in TNA like WCW too. Yeah. Man, he was back there back yeah. in the day, there, dude. Tail end of the WCW. People forget about that. Yeah. I've always liked AJ Styles. Um, he's at like at least in ring. You know, TNA did some weird things with him. Right. <laughs> but who who didn't TNA? <laughs> yeah. Um, Even his run in man, Japan, dude. His Japan run was great oh, too. Yeah. Oh yeah, hit well, Bullet Club, like Bullet Club. Yeah, dude. Yeah. You cannot um, not talk about Japan and not mention the Bullet Club. Like that's what. But, like AJ Styles, like hit you know him you know. The original is obviously Debit. Ben Balor. Yeah. Prince Debit. Um, But AJ Styles, like, I'd argue that, like, everything that came after that has kind of been, like, very up and down, but they kind of just kept going up. Yeah. Yeah. They never took him off the spotlight. You know, he's always, if he's not a Universal or WWE champion, he's got some title. And they're keeping him relevant, you know. They're keeping yeah. him because they know he's such a good talent that if they were to lose him, it would be a big hurt on the business. Oh yeah, that would. If he went anywhere else, AEW would probably AEW would probably snatch him. Oh yeah, well like, I mean yeah. that would be perfect for them. It makes the most sense. Like, yeah, Bucks and everyone. The whole yeah. Bullet Club reunion right there. Like they could do reunions. They could do rivalries. You know, rival like. 
I the mean, Good Brothers are there. They're at uh, Impact, but they've been doing some AEW stuff lately with with yep. the Bucks and everything, yeah. and and um, uh, Kenny Omega. So, uh, but it'd be great. But go, going back to to WWE and him, man, I you know I know he's still a little green. He's still a little rough, but almost looks good in the ring. Yeah, for a, especially for a big guy. Yeah. Like he doesn't look clumsy. He looks a little like a little not stiff in the sense of like the wrestling term stiff. He's he's still a little bit. He's not fluid. Right? Yeah. Like he's got a little bit of of that, but he's for how sh- relatively short and you know how big he is, how relatively short he's been training. Like he's he, I, I'm all about this. I'm liking the team. It's it's the perfect little guy big guy team because you have someone who's as te- like aj doesn't have to do the work because he's got this giant but when he does have to do the work he can go and put on great matches still yeah i i think this and i'm I, i'm one of those people who just like this reminds me of something else kind of person and this reminds me i'm not gonna say better or worse but just a different version of like sean and and diesel uh variation so i like it i think i think aj is doing a great job with almost as far as um this is i think this is something that's actually more um uh, like a real life kind of like uh mentorship or kind of aj showing him the ropes and and i think um he almost you just see you see raw talent and like you were saying like the the fluidity isn't there yet but you can see um i would say i don't know if it's i would i wouldn't say like week to week but maybe every couple weeks month to month you see his progression and his you see enough him kind of unlocking his talent like okay he he's got this he's got this so i just i have i hope they keep them together for a while even if they let almost kind of do his um a singles run by himself but i hope they keep them together because i i like them as a team and i think they would dominate as like a a a tag team so i'm just i'm like these guys these guys work good together exactly Uh, they have have natural charisma together that's oh yeah yeah They, they they really are a good team and especially aj styles kind of it looks like almost as you know he doesn't care about the title. His AJ Styles has the titles, and it's almost like that kind of when it when they did Miz and Miz Dow kind of thing, where Miz had both titles, and yeah, you know. It, it, but it, you know, this was a more serious take on it. But I well, like what I'm seeing from them. Like, like AJ's so funny, and then <laughs> you like, ha- like just naturally, and then you have like almost who's like always just the big, you know intimidating muscle and then like every now and then he just says something and you're like oh shit this guy's got charisma like <laughs> this guy's actually funny like yeah but he's still the straight man like it's the perfect like it's like laurel and hardy it's great i yeah. love it um let's move on to alexa's playground man this week's episode featured the guest spot of reginald um but was cut short because Shayna baszler Knocked the motherfucker out. Was not done with him. <laughs> that was hilarious to me. But Shayna Baszler is looking like she wants to start a feud with Alexa Bliss, and I'm all for it. I know, uh, Rampage, you're a big Baszler fan. Um, I love Baszler. Me and you have talked about that a lot. She's a great in-ring performer. Uh, 
a former MMA fighter. Uh, mm-hmm. She she actually came up with you know Rousey and and all of them. You know, yeah, she's they, part of the horsemen. Four horsewomen of uh, MMA, right there, man. Yeah. Um, so to see that kind of go right now with Alexa Bliss, with her character obviously being the female version of the Fiend, but kind of her own take on it, which I really like. Um, I, I'm excited. I hope they have a Hell in a Cell match. Uh, you know, at this pay per view, and, and I really want to see. I really want to see what's what's going to happen with this one because I think this could be a good one. I want to see them evolve Alexa's, like, whatever you want to call it, her 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 fiend. Yeah, I want them to evolve the look for her matches more. Right. Because my only problem with with it, like, I know some people didn't like the Mania stuff with Bray and the post Mania stuff with Bray. I have no problem with it. I liked it. You know, it was a good shock because I remember we all. I think we all watched it together. Yeah, and it was a good shock because you're like, okay, this whole time she's been worshiping the fiend. It's fucking WrestleMania time. Wyatt versus Orton. You know, she she has this dramatic come out. Bray sees fucking Alexa come out as this whole new character, and is just mesmerized by it. And then Randy Orton hits the RKO and pins him one two three, and you're like, what the fuck. Like, what's happening with that? So, I think WWE is keeping this kind of story open because I think whether it be after during Hell in a Cell or SummerSlam would probably be the more thing. I'm thinking Bray Wyatt's going to come back and kind of have questions and be like, what the fuck? You know what I mean? Yeah, I hope I hope that they, when he's back, because I know he's he's been taking a sabbatical for mental health reasons. Okay. Because He's still dealing with the 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 death of Brody Lee. Oh, I mean, ever. I mean, yeah. that's still not still recent enough that totally yeah. understandable. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, they were close too. I mean, even oh, well, yeah. I, I remember watching an interview with Bray Wyatt. He goes, uh, he, at the time when he was Luke Harper, um, mm-hmm. he was out for a little bit. And he and someone asked about the Wyatt family. He goes, you know, Luke Luke is the Wyatt family. You know, without Luke, I can't do. Wyatt family. He goes, the, yeah. he, he's the reason why the stories are good and everything. And he brings that creepiness. So he's like, Luke is Wyatt family. Like, you know, I, I'm obviously the, the, the voice of the Wyatt family and, and the, in the face, but Luke is, is a big part of the Wyatt family. And without him, it's just, there's no Wyatt family. Yeah. And, and I really hope that he's, he's doing better. And, and I like, I've been there, and a lot of people have been there before, so I, right. I totally and and I, but I also I really hope that they when he comes back when he's you know gotten into a better place and everything, I hope that they continue to develop the story, right? And don't it doesn't just move on to something else and move the fiend on without getting some form of closure to the whole Alexa Bliss thread. I think that's why they are doing it the way they are. But yeah, uh, Rob, thoughts about this uh, storyline going with Shayna Baszler and Bliss? I I think it's cool. I um you know I've watched uh, Alexa Bliss for years. You know her kind of come up, and uh, I I think she's one of the wrestlers where I've seen her grow. Uh, so I'm a fan of her in ring and, and, you know, I, I'm not the hugest fan of, you know, her version of the fiend kind of thing. I, I honestly wish 
I, I wish it, it would be um, kind of she plays it straight, like, you know, regular Alexa Bliss, and then it's complete opposite as opposed to, I feel like right now she's somewhere in the middle. And that's what's just kind of, I mean, that's just my, t- my take on that. I, I feel like she's in the middle and I would actually like her to be more, um, you know, Alexa Bliss. And then she flips the switch and then it's her version of The Fiend, but little gripes. But as far as uh, Shayna Baszler, I uh, I think she's awesome. I love her style. Um, I've I've it's funny. I I went to a SummerSlam where her uh, her Ronda and, and uh, I forgot um, uh, Roderick Strong's wife or whoever they you know the four the four of them were there. Uh, yeah. They were pretty much sitting like right across from us, and it was pretty cool to see them all there. Um, and I, I've actually see I watched a show with her at like an indie show she because her and Rhonda would always go to this indie show that we would go to and we would see them on a you know kind of regular basis so I've been a fan with her she's at least in my experiences with her she's super cool I love the way she puts in she's another person I see like she's kind of transitioned really well into the you know into the wrestling world and I think her style honestly I, I feel like I feel like she adapted, you know, that, that kind of MMA style better than Rhonda did. And right. she just, she didn't get, yeah. I don't think she really got any love for it because everyone was focused on Rhonda, but I think uh, Shayna's done an amazing job transitioning. And I, I feel like she um, has her ceiling is really high and she's, she's not hit it. I think she, can get better and and i think that and not to say like she's not good now because i think she's really good now so i just look forward to seeing more of her and i think them together alexa bliss and Shayna Baszler having a match um i think just based on kind of my knowledge of what's going on between them i feel like there's going to be some kind of stipulation so i i think that and that'll play into it too i think that'll be good for both of them uh so i'm excited for it i think it'll be a good match i think both of these ladies can go in the ring and um they have good uh the way they uh i don't want to say act but just their their charisma in the ring will play out very well together yeah i mean going back to rhea ripley i think this is one of the reasons why i like the two so much back in nxt they had a good rivalry uh, with the you know the whole women's champion, and when when Rhea finally won it from Shayna Baszler, that was a huge thing. Um, so back you know just seeing that, it's it's good. And I, I'm gonna be honest, when Baszler first came to the main roster, uh, and then teamed her with Nia Jax, I really didn't like the direction they were going with her character because Baszler, I mean, she kind of kept to her character of being this badass and everything, which I really liked, but I wasn't a big fan of of that direction going. But now it seems like they're 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 kind of Stopping the tag team and Baszler's gonna go back to being a solo competitor, and seeing her go back to like fighting like Alexa Bliss and stuff. I'm excited to see her get back to her roots of her being this 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 badass. Like I said, she's never lost that that area of her being a badass. It's just I think when she teamed with Nia, they kind of toned it down a bit and it kind of made her a little soft, but not. She was still the same Shayna Baszler, but just just a little softer. <laughs> She's, she reminds me a lot. I think the reason I like her is because I was a huge Ken Shamrock mark. Right. Like, I loved Ken Shamrock during the Attitude Era. I mean, when I, the first year or two, uh, my brother and I were backyard wrestling, I used to use an ankle lock just because I loved Ken. I, it was around when Kurt Angle had started using it, but 
I, I, as much as I like Kurt Angle, it was because of Ken Shamrock. Right. The problem is it's very, I could see it going in a similar direction where Ken Shamrock had a lot of potential. I mean, he had the MMA, the martial arts background. He had a pro wrestling background, which people forget. He was a pro wrestler even before he was really a like professional MMA fighter. Much like Lesnar too, you know, pro wrestler and then he got into wrestling, then UFC, and then back to wrestling. Yeah, and and I've always loved the, that style. Whether it was Shamrock, uh, Lesnar, you see it with uh, uh, Josh Barnett, uh, Matt Riddle. Yeah, uh, and I. But Baszler specifically reminds me so much of Ken Shamrock, just in how she wrestles. Right. And they put her when they put her with Jax. Is like, okay, fine. It's the like, you know, monster heel and they don't get along and she's the badass heel. So like, obviously, you know, they're, they're going to get along for necessity's sake, but like hate each other. But then it became, it was inadvertently comedic. Yeah. But that was, it, it, it's weird. Cause Baszler was always like the one eye rolling her eyes and like whatnot. But Jack's just is one of those guilty by association, I think. Yeah. Like to me, that's how it came off. It wasn't necessarily that she looked weaker or soft. It just Jack's looked so bad. And then Jax was also getting all the heat for hurting fucking everybody. Yeah. Like, and Jax is so immobile in the ring anymore. Like, I'm a big guy. I don't, I'm not saying it out of a problem with i mean i you know rikishi you know we've had tons of big guys and girls that could move in the ring bull nakano but when it's when it's affecting how your your mobility like not mobility but you know like when it's unsafe yeah you're affecting the safety of of not only yourself but other wrestlers it becomes an issue yeah and and it's it's not one of those things where it's like, I think she should be let go or anything. Like, obviously I don't want that to happen to anybody, but it's like one of those things where it's like, you need to learn to work around it. If you're not going to change that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I think separating the two of them is, is going to do good for both of them, but especially for Baszler, because she just won't be have that like over her hanging over her head, you know? Right. Uh, because of time's sake, I'm going to just announce this right now. We'll talk about NXT and then this will be a two part episode, uh, until we, I'm just going to figure out, I'm still working out the kinks of formatting this and everything, but we'll talk about NXT. And then if you guys are watching this episode, uh, the next day we'll put up part two, that way it's back to back so you can watch it. But the next episode we'll talk about SmackDown AEW and I know, uh, Rampage wants to talk a little bit about the indie show he went to. So, um, we're going to finish off Raw here, and then we'll talk NXT, and then tune in tomorrow, or it might be already up. We'll talk about SmackDown and AEW, but uh, I promise you we'll format this better. We're still just trying <laughs> We're trying to figure out the kinks. I think It's in uh, a work in progress right it's, here. It's work a work in progress. in progress. That's how pilots go, but uh, I think we'll just start focusing on certain storylines rather than the entire episode. We're just trying to get you guys uh, caught up if you guys are listening for the first time or watching wrestling for the first time, what storylines are going on. So then next week we'll just focus on certain ones we want to focus on. Um, the last thing we'll talk about, Drew McIntyre defeating Kofi Kingston to face Bobby Lashley at Hell in a Cell. Uh, this was a big match because uh, if the Hurt Business interfered, 
Bobby Lashley was going to get 90 days of suspension without pay. Um, so Drew McIntyre, you know, came through. Uh, Kofi Kingston, obviously top rope, jumping off. Uh, McIntyre hits him with the uh, um, Claymore, and it is the end of the match. And then at the end, Bobby Lashley comes out, kind of shows off his title. You know, Drew McIntyre talks his shit, and then end of the show. So we got our one of our main events set for Hell in a Cell. I would like to see this match be inside the cell. Um, it would make sense. I, I think a lot of the title matches, I mean, the, the pay-per-view is called Hell in a Cell. I would expect almost every match to be <laughs> inside yeah. Hell in a Cell, you know, but I, I at least the big titles should be defended inside Hell in a Cell. Um, yeah. It, it makes the best sense. But uh, what do you guys think, man? I mean, Drew McIntyre obviously has been at it for the, for the WWE Championship now for some time, and he's continuing to go. I, I think, honestly, he had a really good title run. Um, and I really liked him as champion. Obviously, there's always the talk of what he was like in the past compared to what he's like now, um, a big change. So I, I, I'm liking the new Drew McIntyre, and I'm liking this whole, you know, Scottish psychopath kind of thing. And, you know, he, just the way he moves in the ring. This guy, you could tell this guy's super fucking athletic. So what do you guys think oh, yeah. about this? I, I love Drew. I, I, I wasn't super huge when he came in, like originally, originally. But he did a really good job. He had the whole, you know, it was it was obviously not punish and punishment wise, but it was reminiscent of Triple H, where you know it was a little different because he went elsewhere to really hone his craft. Yeah. But he, I mean, he's had a hell of a career arc to get back to where he is, and did a hell of a job reinventing himself, and he's a great athlete he's got a good mind for how matches need to work i mean when you can go from working you know brock lesnar to like the people he's been wrestling you know to working kofi and still having great matches with both right yeah i'm i'm high on him um i'm i i hope it's in in the cell just to give it that extra like when with how much they've been butting heads for what like two months now yeah and even before that um it just needs that little extra thing for me to be particularly interested in it right it's neither guy's faults that's you know the booking um yeah i mean i'm 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 about it uh i don't necessarily i don't know if who I would want to win in terms of thinking long-term, but I mean, I I'm fine with either one winning. Ultimately, I'd say, I don't think I'll be like upset. <laughs> like, right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, uh, I, I agree. I mean, as far as who I would want to win it, same thing. I, I don't really, I don't have like a, a, a dog in the fight. I, I, I mean, if you would say, but I do think, um, I think it, it's got to be in the cell um, and the hurt business definitely going to get in the cell somehow. So, and that will either help uh, uh, it'll help um, uh, Lashley's Lashley's cause as far as retaining his title or it'll make Drew look stronger. And if he wins, so I'm okay with, with, with that happening. Um, I like Mac and him ever since he's come back to the WWE. I remember, you know, I remember, I remember when uh, he was first here and I think 
uh, I, I did did Vince like dub him like the the chosen one or or something like that. So, you know, he he's had you know kind of that 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 aura around him where you know you've seen it back then where you know this guy's got something, this guy's got the talent, and you know him leaving and then coming back and you, it, it's very it, it's not weird for me because you know you you kind of when you watch other companies you tend to see uh one once they leave wwe you tend to see like okay what what's going on you know what they're doing and and you kind of check in with them uh every once in a while and but to see him come back and to see the beast that he has become is awesome i, I when you when you mentioned triple h i think that's that's a a, a great comparison as far as but i, I think that like he he is a better version of triple h as far as i think he's uh and i'm sure you would agree he's way more athletic than triple oh, yeah. than triple h is yeah. but but for his mindset that he has for like the, the the ring and how to work a match and and just the 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 mentality going into it and and what he needs to do and how to tell a story i think um is right up par cuz if you're going to mention people who who are just you know mentally can work a match triple h it, it, whether you like him or not, you know, he can tell a story. He's not the most athletic person, but he can tell a story and he works a match mentally. Um, and I think that Drew does the same thing and, and he's just got more athleticism and more power and he's just a bigger beast of a person. So um, I think both these guys make for an ex. That's because they're both athletic. Uh, I feel like obviously, um, uh, I keep um, uh, I keep forgetting his name. I um, uh, I want to call. <laughs> he's not though. Um, uh, who's running the hurt business? Uh, MVP. 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 I think I think him working working together uh, with the hurt business and all that stuff. I think it's it's a it reminds me of other factions and just kind of like a faction going against this one man. And I like those storylines. So I think it's going to be a great match. Um, and, and yeah, so I, I definitely going to be in the, in the, in the hell in a cell though. So that that's gotta be happening there. Definitely yeah. an, an interesting Monday night rise. It was a lot of things setting up to head towards hell in a cell three weeks away. Let's move over to uh, what I think is the most dominant brand in WWE, which is NXT. Um, between the writing and everything, great show this week. I don't think there was one match I was not disappointed in. Uh, I think the storytelling and the, the talent used on that show is phenomenal. Triple H, uh, Shawn Michaels, uh, Road Dog, all producers, writers, creative on it. Uh, they're doing a fantastic job, and that's not that's not to disregard all the other writers that you that are nobody named you know it's a it's a team effort everyone does a great job to put the show together let's start with the first match of the night which was to determine the number one contender for the nxt championship and that was uh o'reilly gargano and dunn in a triple threat match fucking fantastic match dude obviously you know adam oh, yeah. cole comes out and you know he he's all you know it's a great match on top of it you know these guys are they, they all want the title match but Adam Cole thinks he deserves a title match as well. Obviously, we just are fresh off a feud between him and Kyle O'Reilly. Um, and I know uh, Rob's a big O'Reilly fan as well. Um, we, we've talked about that many times with the Undisputed Era. 
Um, but it, it's looking like it's going to be a good thing. Later on the night, we, we did find out that um, they're going to be, uh, Karrion Cross is going to be d- defending the title in a fatal five-way match at In Your House um, between O'Reilly, Gargano, Dunn, Cole, um, it's gonna be that's that's gonna be a good match. What do you guys <laughs> think about this match. this this setup, yeah. man, for in your house? I mean, this was a pay per view brought back. Uh, I, I believe WCW did it back in the day, right? In your house, was no, that them? No, it was no, it was WWF. It was WWF? That's okay. For the monthly pay per views. Yeah, yeah. So, um, they've brought back War Games. They've brought back in your house. Two iconic pay per views from back in the day. Um, what do you guys think of this fatal five way match, man? I think this is gonna be this is honestly gonna steal the show and NXT oh, always steals the fucking show. I think it I think it easily could. Yeah. Like those five, like I'm not I haven't seen as much of from Cross because I haven't been watching NXT as closely right. uh since he debuted. Um just worked out that way. And I haven't seen much of his indies work either. Right. In a little bit, but the, I mean just the other the other guys alone, like, I mean, I, it doesn't matter who it is. Those guys could make a great match. Like, they could wrestle a broomstick and make a great match. Yeah. So, uh, for, fortunately, I uh, I mean, I get to watch them uh, on WWE or NXT specifically. But, like, I've got to watch uh, – I call, call him Killer Killer Cross um, and Joey Gargano. I've got to – I've got to watch these guys live in person at indie shows. And every time I've left, these guys have always blown the roof off the building, whether it's – whether there's 50 people in the crowd or 300 people in the crowd, these guys are amazing. So I could only imagine the epic event they're going to put on when they all get together and go. I just – I'm excited for this match. I think it's going to be amazing. I think that it's going to be balls to the wall and it it will be probably the best match bar none for it. This could possibly be one of those like matches that we talk about for years. Like, Hey, remember this match back in 2021 with all these guys. And it's like, Oh yeah, I remember this and that. So I think all these guys can go. I think they're going to do a great job. I think they work really well together and you know, I love O'Reilly. This dude is amazing. I I have nothing uh, but praise for this guy. I think he's he's one of my favorite wrestlers right now. I've got to see him um, over in PWG when he was a champion for, for a few. I think he was a champion for like a year or so. But I love that guy. I think he just his his mixture of uh, as far as submissions and his striking is just second to none. I think he's awesome. And Gargano is amazing. Uh, you know, he can just go, he's a wrestler at heart and uh, just all these guys are amazing killer cross. I think this, this guy, he, something about him just reminded me and there's nothing like there's nothing aesthetic or anything, but just he, the way he strikes people. It almost reminds me of like when Razor Ramon would lay chops into people, they were vicious chops. And I just got that sense from when I would watch uh killer cross yeah. uh, wrestle. So, um, Overall, I think this match is gonna blow blow the roof off off the place. It's gonna be a good match, man. They're setting up a lot of good stuff for uh, in your house. Um, another thing they're setting up too is uh, the um, Ember Moon and Raquel Gonzalez feud, obviously with uh, Dakota Kai and her tag team partner and everything. So um, it's been a it was a good thing. Ember Moon came out, cut an amazing promo, called out Raquel Gonzalez. 
uh, and they were going to go at it for a little bit. They did until officials broke it up, and then Dakota Kai attacks Ember Moon from the, from behind and kind of setting up that that thing towards in your house. So I'm thinking maybe we could see a uh, a championship match with Ember Moon and Ra- Raquel Gonzalez, uh, being that her partner's out uh, on injury for now, you know, so... Um, we'll see what happens with that. I'm going to keep a close eye on that one. I mean, Ember Moon, uh, since she debuted, uh, has been one of my favorites. I, I think she's another like great it. talent, and she she's another very uh, it, great in-ring performer. She can really sell. She can really um, – she's, she's athletically talented. Um, Raquel Gonzalez, too, for her size, fucking powerhouse, dude. She is amazing, dude. Um, I've been keeping a close eye on her, too, since she won the title – uh, and with that storyline and everything, I think she was also in this past year's war games that they had. Uh, and that was just another fantastic um, fight with the the women's war games and everything. So uh, that's going to be a good one, too. Uh, what do you guys think about that, man? That's going to be, I think, it's looking good. I, mean, I, like, I like Ember Moon. I've, I've liked Ember Moon since uh, I saw her. I only really watched too much of her stuff when she. Uh, got moved up to uh raw right. but like i like i like her she's good in the ring she's got I'm glad they unique- bought her i'm sorry to cut you off i'm glad they brought her back to nxt too yeah well i think it was smart like i mean especially because like didn't she have to have an injury or something and she was she gone. was gone it for was, some time yeah yeah it was smart to put her back there because i mean that that's a better fit for her and especially during the pandemic right like that like especially how closed in it feels and everything and you've got the mix of the thunderdome style crowd but you also have the live people like it fits her style really well yeah i agree so i i i'm i'm yeah i'm i'm about it what do you think rob no i i, I agree i think actually um you know you guys already talked about as far as bringing amber moon back to nxt um excellent choice just because um and not to say like her style didn't fit the main roster but i just think her style is more enhanced in nxt and just all those women down there do a good job i it just it's hard for me to you know you all uh, everyone wants to make it to the main roster you know that's where you get the 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 big you know the big lights and and you get all the, the fireworks and everything that comes with being on the main roster but I feel like a lot of these uh, uh, people thrive, especially the people that are like right now in NXT. I think NXT is the show like they're, you know, the other shows get the time slot and they get the, you know, whatever, you know, the, the storylines, however that works. But NXT is the show for WWE right now. Right. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Jake Atlas, man. And LA Knight, uh, Jake Atlas, be LA Knight. Uh it's been an ongoing uh, little storyline with Ted DiBiase, the Million Dollar Man. Uh, I thought it was kind of random that they brought him in out of nowhere because I remember tuning on NXT and I'm like, what the fuck is the Million Dollar Man doing here? <laughs> Guy yeah. hasn't been fucking wrestling in so long and he, all of a sudden he's coming back in NXT. But um, I think it's it's big names like that that really bring NXT's attention, a lot of people's uh, attention to NXT as well. Um, but that was, you know, LA Knight, you know, Ted DiBiase had a lot of faith in this kid and, you know, him coming up and everything and kind of mentoring him and stuff. But then this past week, it looked like Ted DiBiase was just like, eh, no, I don't think I could do it. Uh, that was a that was a pretty good fight, though. Uh, LA Knight's just trying to prove to Ted DiBiase, like, I-, I am what you say I am, but 
always fails to come through with that. So that was cool. Not much to really talk about on that one. Um, Kushida versus uh, Carmelo Hayes for the Cruiserweight title. Not a big fan of the Cruiserweight division, and it's not against them. It's just I've just never took interest in it, but... The, the, well, they've really watered it down, too. Yeah, but the talent on the Cruiserweight division is fucking phenomenal. But this match, oh, yeah. I have to say, was a fucking great match. And afterwards, uh, Kushida shaked uh, Carmelo's hand, and uh, it was a good sign of respect. Um, great fucking match, though. These guys always put on great matches. Um, uh, uh, one match, there's two, the last two matches that we're going to talk about, I think, really were, were show stillers for me as well, though, which was. Um, I really like the way, for one, how NXT writes in uh, the women's division. I think they do a great job on that. The way at, versus Zoe Stark and uh, Zeta Raymer, I think that's her name, um, in a non-title match. Fucking phenomenal match. Uh, I really like the the way the, the way the way <laughs> uh, <laughs> work together. They they have good chemistry and ring. Same thing with Zoe Stark and uh, Zeta. Um, a lot of good just maneuvering, and, and the match just felt smooth from start to finish. Just a fucking solid match, man. What do you guys think about, you know, the way being tag team champions right now, and it's looking like, you know, we're, we're moving up into more in-your-house setup with them potentially giving Zoe Stark and Zadea Raymer another shot at the titles? This is the part of NXT that I'm not as familiar with. <laughs> right. Which which uh which ones are the or the way? Was uh, it was it uh, Candice LeRae, I think. Yeah, yeah, oh, Candice. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And okay. then she's with someone. I mean, uh, again, I'm I. These guys know more wrestling than I do. I I'm still trying to figure out names and shit. But the other girl, she's like, the other girl she's with. I don't, I don't remember her name, but Candice Candice is Candice is my girl. <laughs> but it, uh, it, solid. So, I mean, yeah. They did a good, like I said, they did a good job selling this match, man. It was fucking great. I I think, I think, um, you you kind of you kind of said it uh, right off the bat, Anthony. Uh, it, it the fluidity of this match. The, these ladies just they can wrestle, and oh, when you yeah. you can you can just see whether you you they're the popular ones or not or they get pushed but you can spot right off the bat when women can wrestle and um i mentioned candace i've been watching candace since probably i want to say 2013 or 2014 she is by far my favorite women's wrestler like ever i think she's amazing i think she can go i watch her um you know, do an indie match a long time ago. And I was just like, this is the, like, this is one of the best wrestlers I've ever watched. And I think what is amazing with NXT is they get women like her who just can go like, and, and you see it. So I, I just, I enjoy the, the product that they put on and, and you could even at there are times um, you where you're watching an NXT show and even sometimes on, on the main roster where sometimes these women have better matches than the men and are, they have the match of the night. And that's to me, they've come so far and it's, it, I love watching them wrestle, especially when you get women who can go like these, these women can. Absolutely. They're amazing. 
the, I think the match though that stole the the show this past Wednesday on NXT was uh, MSK versus uh, Legato del Fantasma, dude. <laughs> did I say I that did. right? Yeah, <laughs> I think I did. Um, I did not yeah. realize that uh, one of one of Legato's members was uh, the former uh, DJZ Zima Ion. Oh shit! <laughs> I didn't. I was like, "Why does he look familiar? What like, like, I don't, like?" There's something. I was just like, "Why?" I can't quite put my finger on it. And then I looked it up. I was like, "Oh shit!" Right. Like, nothing like he used to. I was like, "All right, that's cool." Dude, I have to say, man, MSK have been fucking dominating NXT tag team wrestling. Just you the know, tag team division in general. They've been dominating, dude, and they've been doing well, I, great in ring performers too. I had heard about them for quite a while before they came to NXT. Like, you know, they had their run in, in uh, Impact as the Rascals when they were when they were three man right. team. Um, they were all over the Indies. I had heard of them. I saw a little bit of their stuff on Impact and clips and stuff like online and whatnot on YouTube, and I was just kind of like, eh, and whatever uh the the episode they debuted on on nxt i was like right okay these guys are good yeah like i i'm pretty high on on them i mean dude i I was watching this match this week and just the way they move the way they execute everything it's like a fucking symphony it's just like Boom, boom, boom. You know what I mean? Like, till the very end of the match, I was like, and I'm no, no, I'm so and so about tag team wrestling. Like, I like it depending on who's wrestling. But yeah. Most of the times, I can I can skip over a match, and but this one, like, I my eyes were glued to the fucking screen the entire time. Like, I was just impressed, yeah. dude. These guys, all, for starters, all these guys too are all, most of the time. They're high flyers too, so that's that's a fun aspect to to see that kind of thing. But I was just fucking impressed. And this was an NXT Tag Team Championship match, uh, so we had two two titles defended that night. But they retained MSK MSK still NXT Tag Team Championship match. But I I cannot wait to see what they do in the future because these guys fucking killed it. Yeah, those those guys are ridiculous. Yeah. Like I, what I would like to see, and I know it's not gonna happen, but it's a pipe dream. Um, I would love to see um, uh, Alex Shelley, like make a like come to to NXT full time, right? And back up with Kushida because I think with some of the tags with MSK and some of the other tags that they have in there, yeah, they could have some ridiculous matches. Nice little triple threat ladder match for the title, something like you know what I mean, like something Hell- like that. Or you know what do you what do you think, Rob? MSK man, um, and no, uh, I mean I, I think Tasma. Yeah, I think you guys you guys kind of I mean I already hit on all these these points that just they they move really well in the ring. Um, you, you know, uh, I think uh, I'm trying to think how to how to express it, but just when you when you can go from move to move and spot to spot the way they do it it just shows like a certain level, uh, like a step above kind of talent. 
because uh, not everyone does that and, and not everyone can do that. But I think it, it in I mean, this is, this is kind of not off topic, but just this makes me happy because I remember a few years back when I heard about like, oh, you know, uh, WWE kind of going around and headhunting all these indie guys. And I was just like, man, they're going to they're going to take all these guys that I love and and they're going to ruin them. And 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 but they've made the product so much better. And I'm glad we're getting this abundance of amazing talent where it's like every match you watch, especially and specifically I'm speaking like NXT, every match you watch is like, that's a great match. That's a great match. Yeah, that's a great match. So I'm, I'm all I'm all for it. Yeah, man. I mean, NXT this week fucking killed it. Uh, so that is going to end part one of this podcast because if we were to go on with SmackDown and AEW, <laughs> we'd go on for like another hour and a half. So uh, yep. that's going to end part one. Tune in tomorrow for part two. We're going to talk SmackDown and AEW, and then next week we will organize this better so we could just highlight some stuff. But uh, that's going to do it for this uh, part one of episode one. Uh, so tune in tomorrow for our part two uh, for our SmackDown review and AEW fallout of Double or Nothing. And we'll see you guys real soon.